Hello everyone, this is Tracy Vandeventer with Little Things First Podcast and we are in our second of a two-part series talking about the book Principles in Action and we've had the uh, wonderful opportunity to talk to a couple of the authors. Last week we spoke with Mark French and today we're going to be talking with Jay Posick. Again, the book is Principles in Action, Redefining the Role, which is chock full of lots of ideas to make little things, making a big difference. This is Jim Martin, co-host of Little Things First, and I think you're going going to love this interview with Jay because he's been at the middle school level for many years and has lots of little things that he has done uh, that have made a big difference. Good afternoon. Hello, Jay. Yes. This is Jim Martin with the Little Things First podcast. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. I'm here with my colleague, Tracy Van Deventer. Hi, Jay. Hi, Tracy. How are you? We're so glad to have you here with us today. Thanks for taking time out. My pleasure. My pleasure. So actually, just to let you know, we just talked to um, your colleague, Mark French, and uh, got a little bit of his perspective on principles in action. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to the the point of writing a book? Yes, well, um, uh, I'm in my 33rd year as an educator, which I find to be kind of (laughs) weird. didn't think I was that old until I started adding up all the years. But uh, um, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, but, uh, I actually began my, my course of study in biomedical engineering and then, uh, had a change of heart and I'm really happy that I did. Uh, and I've been, uh, been, been an educator for just my 33rd year, as I mentioned, 30 years in middle school. So, uh, I think I found my, my little niche there with, with, uh, those preteens and teens and, uh, just all the the energy and excitement that they bring to, to school every day. Yeah. It takes a special person to do middle school. (laughs) <laughs> very well, special person thanks for calling me a very special person that's, that's <laughs> nice <of> you. <laughs> and um are you you're a principal now at a middle school yes i'm uh, in my 13th year as principal at merton intermediate school um i have about 400 kids uh we're fifth through eighth grade i've got uh just incredible staff that i get to get to go to school with every single day and uh, a very supportive community uh supportive uh, superintendent and school board and um they just they allow me to uh to do what i need to do to make sure that our kids and our staff have the things that they need to have a, a great educational opportunity very good very good well, Jay, you know, we are talking about little things that make a big difference in school. We've read your book, and uh, thank you for both you and Mark and Ryan Sheehy for writing Principles in Action, Redefining the Role. And I would love for you to talk about what do you think are the little things that make a big difference? Well, um, I, for me, the little things start uh, the, the moment that I get to school. Um, and try and clear off everything that I need to clear off before the kids and the staff happen to arrive so that I can then spend as much time as I possibly can with them, whether it's greeting them when they get out of their car or off the bus uh, right away in the morning. I have a a jammy pack, which is a a wireless speaker that's in a fanny pack 
that uh, that I greet the students with every day. And once uh, once the bell rings for the kids to come inside, I follow right along with my my tunes playing right down the hallway, greeting <laughs> all the staff um, throughout the school. And uh, then I, uh, I I kick off the announcements every morning. Um, uh, start off the day that way, and always end it like yesterday being Friday. It always ends with and make it the best Friday of the week. The little tagline that I have, and the kids, uh, when I'm not there, they know it because uh, they don't hear my voice on the PA uh, to start out the school day. But uh, I'm in classrooms, um, sitting down with kids, learning with them. They're teaching me oftentimes as well. Um, you know, lunch and recess duty is where I, I spend my time. My, my superintendent says I'm the highest paid cafeteria supervisor in the state of Wisconsin, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And thank you for that. Um, yeah. And then, at, you know, the end of the day, um, back outside with my jammy pack, you know, saying goodbye to kids as they hop in the cars with their with their families and, and uh, head home before they come back and join us the next day. So just those little tiny interactions, um, Kids follow me in a conga line, you know, sometimes at recess with music playing, you know, playing and uh, just those little tiny things that, that I think really make a big difference. Now, tell us a little bit more about this jammy pack, because like, is this something you invented or is this a real thing that exists out there that I can buy one? That It's a real thing that exists. If you go on to just do a Google search for jammy pack, you will find them. I think I got mine for like $30 on, uh, on Amazon. Um, Very nice. But uh, there are a number of principles. Uh, Allison Apsey has one, um, and I think uh, uh, Lindsay Stumpenhorse I think has one as well. Um, so just a bunch of different people that happen to uh, that happen to have one. And I oftentimes when I'm speaking at conferences, will have mine on with some tunes playing. So oh, very, um, very cool. It's kind of it's kind of a great way to greet people as they walk into the room for their session. Nice. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, I wanted to check in with you on principal school, right? So sure. mm-hmm. you are talking about things they don't really teach you in principal school. And I'm yeah. curious, give us a little more detail about if you could be in charge of principal school, what would you do differently? You know, I remember back when I got my my uh, my administrative license, there was a lot of book work, there was a lot of lecture, and there was very little interaction and conversation with uh, with people in your in your classes or with the the instructor. And it was, you know, it was a lot of sit and get, and uh, I don't learn well that way. And I really wish I would have had a lot more opportunity to talk to the practitioners that were, you know, that, that practice being a principal every single day. I'd bring more principals in to have conversations. Jessica Johnson, one of my one of my dear friends uh, from Wisconsin, she teaches a, um, an administration class uh, in lacrosse, and uh, she invites principals in to talk to those people that want to be principals. So. You know the book work. Don't, don't get me wrong. The book work is important. You need to know how to follow the legal the legal ramifications of things. If you do it something wrong, you know that, that that's a that's a bad thing, obviously. But um, I just think uh, more opportunity to to get your feet wet and do what you want to do. I don't think we we give our I don't think we give our principals and I don't think we give our teachers enough practical classroom experience or practical school experience before um, we set them on their own and and hope that we don't throw them in the deep end and they you know. You know, it's better to throw them in the shallow end with floaties if you need to, just so that you're there to support them as often as possible instead of just throw them in the deep end and hope they don't drown. So, you know, and uh, my, my daughter right now is in an uh, education program. She goes to the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. She, was, she wanted to be a nurse, and then she may have had a change of heart and said, I want to be, a, I want to be an educator. So I'm all for, uh, all for that, and I talked to her about her 
her teachers, uh, her professors, and uh, and I tell her, you know, you're two blocks from an elementary school in Oshkosh. You need to go and meet the principal and say, what can I do to come in and volunteer so that you can get some some practical hands-on experience before you even get your own classroom. Because I remember my first classroom. I feel, I, I mean, I, I did those kids a serious injustice when I started as a teacher. I didn't have, I thought I knew what I was doing until the kids showed up right. and I had no clue, right? <laughs> and so we all we, feel how, that way. Yeah, so how do we help educators get more of that experience? So, that, I mean, if you get in there, and I think that's where the passion grows. If you can get people in the classrooms and into schools, they're gonna we're gonna have more teachers because right now there's the unknown. You know, I have I met some people last night. I was out to dinner. I met some people last night. You're you know the, the question was you're a middle school principal. Well, God bless you. I, I, I could never do that, right? And and um, I said, well, why don't you come to my school? Well, I couldn't do that. And yeah, come on in. I, I think we just have to invite more people into our school yeah. so that they know the great things that are happening. So. That's great. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear that you encouraged your daughter to get into education. I always get a little bit frustrated when I hear educators discouraging other people to go into education because it just sends the wrong message about our profession. And with such a teacher yeah. shortage across the country, we need to tell good stories so that we can encourage people to to commit to the profession. If you yeah. were to ask... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so, you know, you're you're enjoying your time, and you have been there, I think you said, 14 years? This, this is my 13th year as principal, yes. Yep. And so, mm -hmm. wow, you know, you've really been able to develop relationships and, and connect with the community. I was curious, what do you think the students would say are the little things that you do that have helped them? Mm. Uh, well... I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can. Uh, the things I told you obviously would be some of the things that they notice, but I think that, you know, the, the, the saying their name when they walk by in the hallway and sitting down next to them having a conversation where they lead the conversation. It's not the adult leading the conversation and fist bumps and high fives. Um, my favorite story, um, about four years ago, um, we have we have graduation for eighth grade in in, uh, in our school, and at the graduation ceremony, my job is to say all the all the students' names, and our our superintendent school board members hand out their, their you know their diplomas, whatever you want to call them, for an eighth grade graduation. And I I've only had one student do this, um, but one student walked ran not even walk he ran up the stairs and gave me a hug as I'm standing behind the podium, and it wasn't my daughter. <laughs> so um what happened after that is what was more impactful to me was when the dad walked up to me and said uh you are only the second male i have seen my son hug and i said who's the other one he said me wow. so you know i don't know what 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 kind of story that tells you but i i think the kids know that um no matter what i'm there for them yeah. um whether they're having a really good day or they're having a really cruddy day um, I've got, you know, we have a, a wonderful school counselor, but she works at both our primary school and intermediate school and isn't always available for our kids. The kids will come and find me. My office is not, well, for some kids, it's looked at as a place where discipline occurs, but in other times it's just a place to go and, and talk to Mr. Postick in private. So, um, or sometimes we just do a little walk and talk, or sometimes we go sit in our learning lounge, which is just a, an excellent space that we have for our, for our seventh and eighth grade kids. So. Um, it's just those conversations. I think the little things would be like, you know, Mr. Polsick really kind of knows us for who we are, not just as a student, but, uh, or as a number, but by name. Yeah. So important. Tell us about the learning lounge. 
So the learning lounge is an awesome space. So we had we had a, an underutilized room in our we have a our our seventh and eighth grade is up on the second floor of our school, uh, underutilized room. And um, one of our teachers said, "What if we tore down this wall and we made it into a bigger learning space for our kids?" So what happened was we literally tore down a wall. So it's a central room in our seventh and eighth grade hallway. And, uh, it's filled with all different sorts of chairs. We have, uh, you know, those like ball chairs that you can sit on, wobbly mm-hmm. stools, high tables, low tables. Um, we have, um, a big, huge screen, uh, uh, TV there that we can Chromecast things to. We're at Google Apps for Education School. So, um, we can Chromecast presentations. Um, kids can, you know, can Chromecast to that. Um, if they're, if they're doing a presentation for, let's say their class or their grade level. Um, got a couple of areas that actually um, look like um, booths at a restaurant that they can sit and and uh, and study at. We've got a couple of couches. I mean, it's just a very relaxed sort of space that kids are able to use um, for for their for their learning. And and uh, it's even got a little kitchenette in it. So um, just a, it's a, and a I, that's where I like to have our staff meetings. We don't have many, but when we do, we have it up there just because it's it's a great place to to sit and learn and have conversations with one another. And when would students be able to get access to the room? Do they flow in and out throughout different periods, or is it mostly just yes. open at lunch? Yep. Or? yep. It, well, we don't allow them to eat lunch up there because um, we're concerned about what what the state of that room would look like. Yeah. Uh, you know, with two hundred kids up there, and we have a we have a nice uh, cafeteria for our kids. But um, some the teachers will check it out. Um, we have kids who will ask permission to go and uh, do their their group projects there. Um, you know, there's a couple of whiteboard tables in there too. So sometimes, um, if, if kids need extra, uh, kid needs extra support in math, uh, an instructional assistant or a teacher might take a couple of kids and, you know, do the math on the whiteboard table while they're, while they're learning. So, um, and we've got a couple of kids who are actually doing, uh, taking online foreign language classes. Um, and, uh, I'm their teacher and you're missing the air quotes, but, uh, cause I don't know how to speak French <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I'm there to support them, and, and that's where they do their learning. So um, it, it's just it's a it's a great space. And uh, initially, the teachers were, I would say, a little bit concerned with how that might be used and how it might impact other classrooms around there. But we haven't had any issues whatsoever. Um, it, it's just it's just a great space to, for the kids to learn, and they like going there. Actually, our school board meeting we're having on Monday night, first time ever we're going to have in our in our learning lounge. So uh, we'll see if that either. Uh, brings more people in or fewer people in. We're not sure yet, but we'll see. Yeah, it sounds like a really great space for for not only the kids, but for your whole community. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that it came from um, a teacher, too, sort of having yeah. that vision. That's great that you are so open to suggestions from your staff that that could really take root. Yeah, I, I try my best not to be a yes, but person <laughs> um, and more of a yes, tell me more, how can we do this together sort of person. So, um, I mean, there are times when you have to say yes, but when somebody brings you an idea and you're looking at what the bottom line might be and trying to figure out where in the world we're going to get the money to be able to do that. But, um, for the most part, um, we have, we have such a supportive community and such a supportive school board that if we have an idea that looks like it's, there's a, you know, there's a legitimately good reason to do it, we're going to do our best to find a way to fund it so that it can actually happen. That's great. So one of the themes of the principles in action is get out of your office and there's even wristbands mm-hmm. that help 
principles. Yep. Remember that that's an important goal. Can you talk a little bit about that and also how you find the time to get out of your office and balance all the other demands that are placed on you as an administrator? Sure. So I actually um, met a principal last night um, who's a principal in a school. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Fox Lake right now. I live in Merton, but Fox Lake's about an hour and 10 minutes away from, uh, from Merton where I live. Met a principal who is uh, principal about 20 minutes uh, west of where I am right now. And, of course, I was wearing my principal's in action, get out of your office bracelet, and now she's wearing it. So uh, it's it, the message is that it's one of those things, if you're wearing it, you see it, you're like, why am I sitting at my desk? <laughs> so um, I, I'm i lucky. I've got a Chromebook. I've got a phone. If, if the secretary, you know, if there's something going on in the office that I need to attend to, I get a text message from my secretary. I'm in the office, you know, within three minutes. So if, if I need to be in my office, I can get called there at any time have my Chromebook with me so I can access, you know, I can ask, access our student information system, emails, all those different sorts of things. So I'm kind of a mobile person to begin with. Um, the kids would tell you that I don't sit in one spot for very long. They would also tell you they don't always know when I'm going to show up. From them, the nickname I've got from them, they call me the ninja most of the time just because <laughs> I silently enter and sit down and they don't have any idea sometimes that I'm even there. So, um, but, you know, I mentioned before, I, I, that I, I get to school early and try and get everything cleared off that I possibly can make a list of things that I know that I have to do during the day. Um, but, and I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm, I'm, I'm an empty nester so I can get to school early. I can stay a little later if I need to, because when the kids and the teachers are there is when I should be out of my office, not in my office. So, um, you know, there are times when I have meetings, don't get me wrong. There are times when discipline issues come up, but, um, I don't need to sit in my office and wait for those things to come to me. You know, if I'm out, if I'm out and about, I have fewer of those sorts of issues that actually come, come to me. We can take care of them uh, right there where I am. So, you know, guest teachers wonder, well, why is the principal in my room? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> nope. You didn't do anything wrong. I just want you to know who I am and what I'm all about. And if you need me, don't, don't be, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to call the secretary and say, I need Jay now and he'll be there. So, you know, under yeah, last just, it's your mindset, you just have to have the mindset of, you know, I can I can get things done without having to sit in my office to get them done. Absolutely, especially because you have those mobile tools that take you take with you and gives you that freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, at mm -hmm. our our last podcast, I asked um, Mark the same thing. Where I have I resonate with this. This this makes sense to me because I like to be out of my office also. And mm -hmm. I had an outside agency come and do kind of a survey, uh, check the culture and the health of the of the school. And during that time when this outside group came in, they got feedback from staff about what's going well, what maybe we need to do differently. And I did get some feedback from staff that said, Golly, you know, the only thing we would change would be having her in the office more so that we could <laughs> yeah. find her. And I'm just curious if you've ever had any pushback like that from staff or anybody. Ah, you know, um, I, think, I think sometimes when they come down to the office, they expect um, and I've been this is my 13th year. I have, I haven't really ever said like, here's office hours. Jay's going to be sitting in his desk. If you want to talk to him, come on down at that time. I just, that's just not how I've ever been. Um, I think the only, the only feedback I get is, uh, possibly that when a, you know, if, a, if there's a student discipline issue and I'm not available right away and, and how are we going to deescalate that? But as I mentioned before, if I'm, if I'm sitting in my office waiting for trouble to happen, trouble's going to find its way there. Yeah. You know, why, why would I want to, why would I want to stay there and wait for it? Right. But, um, 
Well, actually, um, I, I know you said you read the book. There's a there's a um, a vignette in there from one of my uh, one of the, one of our our sixth grade teachers, Sarah Kasperowitz, and the title of it is "He's Here Again," yeah. and it's it, for her. So I'll just talk a little bit about her. She does not like having extra adults in her classroom. So it was a, it was a change for her to actually be able to be okay with there being other adults in her classroom when when she's teaching. Mm-hmm. So I I mean I know I don't know if she'll remember ever having that conversation with me. But one of the reasons I asked her to write that was because of the change that I noticed in her from initially being. Jay, please don't come in here. It make you know not that it would make her nervous, but she just has her own way about doing things, and that's how that's how it's going to be. Right uh, now, to the point where she'll say on Tuesday, "Well, Jay, I didn't know she come into my room yesterday. Was is there something wrong?" <laughs> you know, those are the kinds of things that happen, and and um, which I'm fine with. I mean, the, the teachers expect me to visit classrooms. They invite me in when they're doing you know, like Jay, I've got this new thing I'm going to try out. Can you come in and give me some feedback on it? Well, absolutely. So. I mean, yesterday I got into every one of our classrooms twice. Wow, that's and I gave, great. I gave, I gave hand, and I, I have this thing that I do now, like I give handwritten feedback to three teachers a day. I'm a little behind because of uh, some training that I was in, um, uh, not last week, but the week before. Um, and so I'm trying to get caught up a little bit, but I, I sit with my phone turned over, my Chromebook is closed, a pen in hand, and a half sheet of paper that I take notes about what I see and provide a couple of suggestions and end it with thank you for letting me visit and sign my name. So every ki- or every teacher gets one of those. Well, with the number of teachers I have, at least once every two weeks they get that from me. So yeah, excellent. And I've heard positive things about it because it's handwritten. It's not the right. the impersonal electronic version of things that I've been doing for the twelve years previous. So um, it's just kind of a it's kind of a nice thing that the teachers really uh, they look forward to. You know. And I'll have teachers walk up to me and say, are you doing one of those handwritten things? Well, yeah, I'm getting ready to. Well, I know you sit in here for 10 minutes. Just so you know, I've only got like a minute review and they're going to be taking a test. I'm like, okay, I don't need to sit and watch kids take tests. So right. when are you going to be doing something else? Well, can you come in tomorrow because I'll be doing this lesson? I'd really like it. So, I mean, they know what's happening and, and they definitely um, enjoy having an opportunity to have me give them some feedback. And then um, a lot of times we have conversations afterwards. So. Um, it's good. And it, they're not like, they're not the gotcha sort of things. They're more of the gotcha back sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. How did you create the culture for that? Like what little things did you do that you think <laughs> have contributed to creating that culture? Obviously you've been there a long time, so that probably mm-hmm. helps. Um, but what else can you, um, give advice about that would help some of our listeners to kind of take that cultural step where giving feedback is a welcome thing and teachers are looking yeah. for it. So, um, I think, well, I remember the first year that I was there. So it's, it's a long time ago, 2007. And, um, I remember, um, my first couple of weeks I would walk into classrooms and as soon as I'd walk in, everything stopped, the learning stopped, the teaching stopped. And it was, uh, hi, Mr. Posick class. Say hi to Mr. Posick. And like, oh, good grief. This <laughs> can't happen every single time I walk. Yeah, I can't, I can't have it happen like that. Everybody's staring so, at you. Right. So like I mentioned, I don't have a lot of staff meetings. I have one at the beginning of the year, one at halftime and one at the end of the year. That's, that's about all that we have because I have grade level meetings with our teachers, um, every week. So anything I need to share with them, I share with them. It's not a big deal. Um, and it's always the same message regardless of grade level or specials meeting, whatever I happen to be having. So, um, 
I had, I called a meeting uh, three weeks in and I had, um, one of the most experienced teachers, um, by luck of the draw, my daughter happened to have her when she was in fourth grade. And I said, Nancy, come on down here. So she came down to the front of the classroom or front of the front of the, the meeting area. And I said, uh, Nancy, I'm just going to tell you this in front of everybody. When I walk into your classroom, could you please not say hi, Mr. Posick? In class, why don't you say hi, Mr. Posick? She said, sure. And I had kind of set it up in advance because she was one of those teachers that everybody went to for everything. Anything that happened, let's go to Nancy. She'll have a really good idea. Let's go to Nancy. She'll tell us the way to do things. So when I started, when I did that with her, it kind of gave everybody else permission to realize, well, I don't have to stop when Jay walks in because the principal before me, when he came into the into your room, it was either because a kid was in trouble or you were. That wow. was it. Well, now that's completely different. It you know it took I would say it probably took four years hmm. for us to get to that point where I can you know so it's not like it's going to happen overnight. It's it's little steps. One of my good friends, Joe Sanfilippo, says you make you build relationships thirty seconds at a time. So every time you can possibly stop in their room, even if you know if it's a, it's a wave or a thumbs up when you leave, so the teachers know that you were actually paying attention to what was going on. Those little things build up over time, yes. and as they, as people would say, you build up trust in little increments over a long period of time, and you can also tear trust down really quickly. It only takes one thing to do that. So. You have to be really aware of what it is you're doing and what it is you're saying to make sure that um, that you continue to build that trust. Our, we have a building leadership team that's that's just phenomenal. It's a, a teacher from each grade level, and when our superintendent visits, every time after the meeting, he'll he'll take me aside and he says, "Are they that honest and and upfront with you all the time about things?" <laughs> yes, sir, they are. <laughs> Good grief! How does that make you feel? I said, it "Makes me feel great." Well, they put you on the spot about this and about this and about this, and I said. And we got over that and we got better from it. So what's wrong with how they're, you know, they're, it's not like they're treating me unprofessionally. They're treating me like a coworker, which I am. I just happen to have one stripe that says I have a little more power than they do, but I don't, I'm, I'm not an abuse of, of power. It's more of a, a you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of co-power that goes on. So that when that group says, this is what we're going to do as a school, it's not Jay saying it, it's that group saying it. And we're able to push things through that other people might think, well, if we can't do that, no, no we can, we're going to do that. So. Yeah, and, yeah it's, it's a pretty cool thing. And you build such ownership and such community, I think, in that in that process. So kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. We don't we don't lose a lot of teachers, so we don't have to hire a lot of teachers because once once they join our team, it, it does they don't they don't leave unless uh, a spouse or significant other other gets transferred. Um, most of the time, out of state. <laughs> you know, that's when we might lose somebody. But I I know when I sit through um, our interview process with our, with our teachers. And, you know, they'll ask, um, one of the questions is what, what questions do you have for us? And all the candidates almost always say, so how would you, you know, what would you say the, the culture of the building is? And they all look, they all turn and look at me. And I said, this is not for me to answer. That's for you guys to answer. And they'll all say, it's like a family here. I mean, every Friday I send out an email to our staff and it always says, uh, good morning, Merton family. That's just how we are. So, it, it takes a while to build that, but once it's built, um, it's amazing what great things you can do. Wonderful. So um, tell me, just um, we, we don't have very much time left, but how did you come to write Principles in Action with Mark and Ryan? Well, it's an interesting, interesting question. So um, Adam Welcome is the one who actually started the Principles in Action hashtag and the group, and uh, I just on a whim decided that I wanted to um, present at the national principals conference. And it happened to be the, the first time that they had the elementary school and, and secondary school principals conference happened at the same time. And it was in Philadelphia. So 
were on the were on the um, Boxer Principles in Action group, and I said, "Hey, anybody interested in presenting in Philadelphia on Principles in Action?" And Mark and Ryan were the first two that said, "Sure." So we put together a presentation, um, and it was uh, the first day of the conference, and it was at seven thirty. So for me, that wasn't a big deal. That's you know, for Mark and I. That's you know, like six thirty our time. For Ryan, it was like four thirty in the morning his time, <laughs> but he still was up for it, right? So. Um, we, uh, the night before we had uh, a gathering at a local establishment right there by the, by the convention center. And we had a picture taken of there's probably 50 principles in action that, that met for the first time in person at this, uh, local establishment there. And, uh, after we got done with our session, I looked at them and I said, you know what? I think we could write a book about this. And they're like, yeah, they, you know, sure. Let's get, you know, maybe we should think about doing that. So that was July of 2017. And, uh, we just kept kicking it around and finally decided that we were going to, you know, go ahead and uh, got lucky and got connected with Marlena uh, Taylor from uh, Edge Gladiators. And uh, she thought we had a, a great idea for a book. And, and there you have it. That's how it got started. Great. And I, what I love about it is so practical. I mean, it's very, you're all in the field currently. And, you know, it mm-hmm. just feels very um, like something you can do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of what, but that's the way that we wanted to write it was that, you know, you read a little bit about here's this thing. And then there's some questions that'll, that'll maybe challenge you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit or a call to action. And, uh, so you can read a chapter that's, you know, four pages long, have an idea and go and do it the next day. It's, you know, it's right there. So, um, that it, it worked out extremely well for us. And, you know, I have, I've had a couple of people say, when I'm reading the chapters, because each one of us have, you know, we're, we all are like the author of a chapter and then we'll put in, um, Ryan's idea here, or Mark's idea here as I'm writing from my point of view. And I, one of the teachers said, I can hear your voice in that writing, which made me feel like, okay, it's not fake. It's, it's the real J, right? right? So feel pretty good about that. And full, just full of little things that don't take a lot of time or a lot of money or like all kinds of district approval, just full of a lot of little things that make a difference. And, uh, you know, it comes out in the chapters that you've got. Uh, One final question. If you could go back and talk to your earlier self when you were just getting into education or maybe just becoming a principal, you could go back in Mm -hmm. time and talk to that younger self. What advice would you give yourself? Oh, I think the advice I would give myself would be, um, remember, it's not about the content. It's about the kids and not be so worried about that. I I think kids learn more from us when we make those real personal connections because they're, they're, they're going to want to do things for you. Um, and I think sometimes I was so stuck on making sure I got through this chapter of I had to use a basil back then. I'd never do that either. That'd be another thing I tell myself, never use, never use a basil. Anyway, um, but it would be, I, I need to focus more on the kids than on the content, no question. Excellent. Thank you so much. We so appreciate you taking time. And uh, Jay, we uh, we recognize all of the expertise you have and all of the ideas that you're bringing forward and how lucky is your school to have you. And then also that you can remain there for you know a number of years to really truly build this family and this community uh, there. So again, just for our listeners, Principles in Action, Redefining the Role. And uh, we want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, check it out. And and any final comments from you, Jim? 
No, I mean, I I thank you for writing this book, and I mentioned to Mark that it's how I got turned on to the professional learning networks um, mm -hmm. on Twitter and Voxer, and so I would encourage people to check out the Principles in Action hashtag on Twitter and uh, to join the conversation because it's ongoing, and I love the little challenges that you issue, and I think that's great inspiration for leaders who maybe aren't feeling very inspired lately. So yeah. uh, it's a great way to connect and to stay uh, excited about the, the work. Absolutely. Hey, if your listeners want to connect with me, uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at P-O-S-I-C-K-J, just the letter J. Um, our school ha uh, school also has a Twitter account, believe it or not, uh, at Merton I-N-T. Um, follow us there. We have an Instagram account too. So, I mean, and a Facebook page. So, I have the social media presence for the kids on Instagram and for the families on Facebook and for my education family on, on, on the Twitter. So That's um, excellent. I, I appreciate you guys um, uh, connecting with, uh, with me and uh, just appreciate the work you do as well. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you so much. Have Jay. a great rest of your day. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye now.